Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it's the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water and the blood, and the three are in agreement. We accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God, which he has given about his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his Son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Thank you, Anna. Uh, Please do keep your Bibles open if you have them there. And let's uh, pray together as we come to God's word. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. When it comes uh, to the topic of uh, of life and death, people don't often uh, like to talk about it. They, they don't like to talk about either uh, maybe the purpose of life or the stark reality of death. Uh, some may, may like really just to, to, to put it off. They, they may not want to think about death at all. Uh, they may think that it, that it may happen, but not that it will happen. Uh, recently, uh, Bill Nye, the, the actor made famous from uh, the film Love Actually, he was uh, producing a, a new film and he was interviewed and, and asked about death and in a relatively flippant way, he just said, I think about death 35 times a day. As he continued, he said, I, I know it's going to happen, that is death, but I think maybe at the last minute, somebody, they might just make an exception for me. <laughs> you can get the tone of his voice. Because Bill knows in his head, he knows in his head that, that death will happen, but in his heart, he can't quite accept it. And then there's the other uh, very well-known uh, actor and comedian, uh, Ricky Gervais. And he was asked about, about death uh, recently, and his response was classically pessimistic and blunt. Uh, he said, we're, we're going to die. Everyone we know is going to die. They're, they're all going to be dead. That's it. Parties don't last forever, nor should they. People would hate it to live forever. They'd hate it, he said. And yet, as we think about these two men's thoughts, 
the challenge for Bill is really that he's trying to put off the idea of death. That somehow, some way, it just won't happen. But with Ricky, well, he denies that, that God exists. And if there is no God, then there's no point. There's no point, no purpose, and no hope in life. No ultimate reason for which we exist. And therefore, as Ricky would say, well, life seems almost cruel. It's almost cruel. And so therefore, why would you want to extend that into eternity? To have a life, an eternal life of cruelty. Because without God, there is no hope and no point. Life does seem hopeless and pointless without him. But as we see from the passage this morning, there is hope. There is hope. There is hope and there is purpose for those who believe in Jesus. As the call for us, for us today is to believe. To believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And firstly, we'll see that we believe that because we've been born into a living hope. Sometimes you, you hear of people who come into a rich vein of form in their careers, maybe later in their careers. I saw an article recently of the big bulldozer, English number eight, Billy Vonapolo. Um, he hasn't played for England in a while, uh, but he will be playing against Argentina uh, this afternoon, or more likely he'll be running over Argentinians this afternoon. And so one journalist uh, said of Billy that Billy is savoring international rebirth because he's, he's got a fresh start. And you hear it again with, with musicians and actors over and over again. People who maybe haven't done much for a long time and all of a sudden they come back into form. They, they bounce back and are considered in some way to be born again. Born again because things have improved for them. But as we look at the, the first verses, which Anna read to us just earlier there, we, we see that being, being born of God means something far more than just improvement, far more than things just getting better. To be born of God means that you have been spiritually made new. You are a new creation. As God breathes new life into you by his spirit, that you have a new life in him. As it says from verse 1, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. The apostle John, he goes on to say that it's those who have been born of God, will, those that have been born of God will love God. They will love his son Jesus, and they will love his children, those who are fellow believers in Jesus. Because God makes you spiritually new. He gives you new desires. New desires which they change your heart. They change your love. That you start to love God and love others as you should. And that's really displayed in, in following his commands. As, as John says, this is love for God, to keep his commands and his commands are not burdensome. Perhaps when you, when you think about what it means to be a Christian, maybe it's just about 
just trying to be a good person and that God is really out to just suck the fun out of your life. That he's like the fun police who calls you to, to pull over and says, no smiling today, thank you very much. Maybe that's your impression of what it means to be a Christian, to just follow the rules. But that's not what it is to follow the Lord. We don't obey God to earn his love. We obey God because we have his love. Just as Flora testified earlier, she she believes in Jesus Christ and has been born again, born by God, and wants to now follow Jesus. She wants to, to obey him because she has a new heart with new desires, desires to love him, to follow him, and to love others as she obeys his commands. Because for those trusting in Jesus, his commands, they are not burdensome. In fact, his commands are a delight to us because we delight in Jesus. Those who who delight in Jesus will want to please Jesus, want to live a life which which brings them honor and glory in their life. As John goes on to say, everyone born of God overcomes the world. In this letter, John is is speaking to to false teachers, false prophets, who are claiming that you don't need to live a holy life in order to follow Jesus. But John says, if you have been made new, if you've been born of God, then your life changes. Everything changes in your life. Because it's about your faith. But it's not about faith as some sort of liquid, as if you just need to, to build it up a little bit more or, or have a little bit more faith in that, in that sense. But it's about the object of your faith. Not about the level, but about the object. Who is our faith in? Our faith is in Jesus. He is the object of our faith. That's God. He not only... It changes us. He gives us. He gives us these new desires, new affections, and he does so because he gives us his spirit that we would have power to change, to be different, to live differently. And as Flora mentioned, he also gives us the gift of prayer. He gives us his spirit, and he gives us the gift of prayer. His spirit changes us. He he changes us as he gives us the the understanding that we now have a relationship. We have a relationship with God. That God, he no longer seems strange and distant or angry with us, but rather he is our heavenly father who hears our prayers. Our father in heaven who hears everything that we pray to him. He gives us peace in times of darkness. He gives us a sense of calm when we go through trials. Any and every trial, he is with us because he is our heavenly father and he cares for us. As we believe in Jesus as the son of God, as we've been born of God, and and secondly, because we accept the testimonies of Jesus. As you read uh, from verse 6 to 8, there are three testimonies which seem a little peculiar, perhaps, if you haven't read it before, maybe even if you have. As as John mentions from verse 6, he says this. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. 
And it is, it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three are in agreement. When you first read this, it seems quite strange. What does this mean? How does this all work and fit together? One other uh, Bible translation uh, translates uh, these verses like this. It says, And Jesus Christ was revealed as God's Son by his baptism in water and by shedding his blood on the cross. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And the Spirit who is truth confirms it with his testimony. So that we have these three witnesses, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And all three agree. And so we see in, in this passage, in this little bit, we see the, the three testimonies of Jesus. The three testimonies that allow us to believe that he is the Son of God. The first one is that he came from heaven. He came from heaven and was baptized as he began his earthly ministry. It speaks about that in the Gospel of Matthew. And then secondly, by, by shedding his blood on the cross. This testifies to the very end of his earthly ministry. Because as he said, on the cross, it is finished and thirdly the spirit of god it described as the spirit who is truth it testifies that jesus is the son of god because of all that has happened as john says in verse 9 we accept human testimony but god's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of god which he has given about his son in the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, to make a legal case against someone, you had to have up to three witnesses to prove it. And that's what's happening here. As it's not just a human testimony, but there, there are different testimonies, if you like. And there is a testimony of God himself. Because the Spirit of God testifies that, that we, uh, testifies to, to us that, that Jesus came, that he was baptized, and that he died on the cross. John goes on to say that those who deny this, they make God out to be a liar because they deny the testimony about Jesus as a son of God, testified by God about himself. As to trust, to trust in Jesus means to, to believe that he came, he came from heaven to earth to pay for our sins on the cross. As John says, whoever believes in the son of God accepts this testimony and they know this to be true themselves because the Lord, he speaks to us, uh, he testifies to us by his spirit that we would know that this is true for ourselves. Perhaps though, uh, for yourself, you're, you're not sure where you stand with the Lord. Well, let me perhaps just invite you to, to grab a, a gospel. There's some at the door and in the little cabinet as you walk out the door. If you've yet to, to maybe study it for yourself, um, please do grab one and read it for yourself. Um, to ask yourself, do, do I believe this? It might be true for Flora, but is it true for me? As we believe in Jesus Christ, because he's been, uh, we've been born into a living hope, uh, we accept the testimonies about him, and lastly, we have life in his name. Uh, John makes it very clear about those who have eternal life and those who don't. It's quite, it's quite refreshing, actually, refreshingly clear, as he says in verse 11 and 12. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life 
is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. I wonder if you've ever heard uh, someone uh, just share their thoughts on who Jesus is, who they think he, he might be. Maybe they're not sure who he is. Perhaps they might think he's a, he's a kind man. It may be a fable. Uh, maybe it's a legend. It, was, it never really happened. Maybe he was a prophet. Maybe just he was a good teacher. But the point of John's letter here is to declare that, that we believe that, that Jesus is the Son of God and that through him we have eternal life. And please note the tense there. It says present, it is present tense, that, that in him that we have eternal life. We have life in him. Because to know Jesus is to know life as true life is found in Jesus. True life is found in Jesus. He is really the one that satisfies. He's the one that that brings peace to our hearts, to our souls. He's the one that brings us back into a relationship with God. Because really, in the beginning, we we were meant for that relationship. We were made for relationship with our maker. But we said no to God. We said, I don't want to live under your reign. I want to make my own rules. And so we turned away from him. So instead of being his friends and being in a relationship with him, we turned away from him and became his enemies. Instead of knowing God's love, we just experienced his anger because of our sins. Instead of knowing his peace, we just experience a sense of unrest in our lives. Because we all, like sheep, have gone astray. But Jesus, as we sang, is our rescuer. He comes to redeem us, to rescue us, to pay for our sins upon the cross so that all those who believe in him can be brought back to God and to know him. And therefore, the invitation for each one of us is to come to Jesus, to come to him, to experience the love, the peace, the joy, and the life that is found in him. Because the difference is very, very clear. It's a difference between life and death, between eternal life and eternal death, between an eternity with God in heaven or an eternity without him in hell. The question is, do you know Jesus? To know Jesus is to know life. Life in all its fullness. It's not about knowing things about Jesus, that we study him like a subject, but about knowing him personally, that we would have a relationship with him. In that sense, it's, it's much like a marriage, really, as when someone gets married, they, they make promises. Maybe they make their own vows. But some of the, the common vows, one of the common vows is to say, all that I am, I give to you. All that I, sh- I have, I share with you. And that is what Jesus says to us. As even though we will break our promises to him, 
He will never break his promises to us because God is faithful. And this is why, this is why Flora testified earlier saying, I want to give my life to following Jesus. Flora wants to, to follow Jesus by trusting in him, by obeying him, and in a step of obedience by being baptized. And this is what it means to, to trust in Jesus, to have life in his name. To know Jesus is to know life. And what about you? Where do you stand with Jesus today? Do you know him? Do you follow him? Won't you come to him this morning? As John says, whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son does not have life. Do you have life? Let me leave you with this question. How might or how does believing in Jesus change us? A question uh, to ponder uh, maybe at the end of the service this morning, maybe as we have lunch today, we could ask one another that. What does it mean to follow Jesus? How does that change how you live? Let me pray before Sarb comes up. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of your Son. Thank you that we need not try our best to try and receive your love, but that we, we receive it by all that you've done for us, by sending your Son, Jesus, to die for our sins upon the cross. Thank you that we, by trusting in you, have been born into a living hope, and that we accept the testimonies of Jesus, and that we have life in his name. And Father, for those who, are, who have yet to trust in you, who have yet to commit their lives to following you, that they would do so, that you would draw them to yourself, that they would know life in your name. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.